Welcome to the Miller Oddcast, a brand new podcast from the Missouri Review. For over 40 years now, TMR has been discovering and publishing the best contemporary writing in fiction, nonfiction, and poetry. Our quarterly magazine appears in print, digital, and audio formats. Learn more at MissouriReview.com. Hello and welcome to Oddcast number 35 the Missouri Review podcast where we listen to and discuss the finalists for the 2021 Miller Audio Prize. I'm Mark McKee, Managing Editor, and is it me? Or is the internet looking a little worn around the eyes? How lucky for you to be here in this moment, where we can spend some time listening to the latest poetry finalist for the Miller Audio Prize, Gabriella Frank's Ode to Loki, or An Absurd Glorification of Existential Loneliness. You are in for a treat. Gabriella Denise Frank is a Pacific Northwest writer, editor, and creative writing instructor. Her work has appeared in True Story, Pembroke, Hunger Mountain, Bayou, Baltimore Review, The Normal School, The Rumpus, and elsewhere. She serves as the creative nonfiction editor for Crab Creek Review. Until February 2021, she had no idea who Tom Hiddleston was. Check out her website at www.gabrielladenisefrank.com. In her note on the piece, Frank has this to say. This tumble of a poem began with a month-long subscription to Disney Plus in the dark days of February 2021. My husband and I binge-watched The Mandalorian and had 28 days left on our subscription. We scoffed at the Marvel Cinematic Universe. We had only seen Iron Man at that point, because the whole thing seemed super commercial and there were too many characters to keep straight. By March, we had watched every movie. The development arc of Loki was the most intriguing to me. Who is this Tom Hiddleston guy? Turns out he had been in a lot of movies, and one highly publicized romance with Taylor Swift, which I had completely missed. At some point, I realized it was the conflicted character that Hiddleston created rather than the movie star who captured my imagination. Definitely a bad choice for our crush. We writers channel a little bit, or a lot, of ourselves into the characters we create, as do the best actors. Where was the line here between character and actor, between appearance and truth? A love affair with Loki was bound to end badly, but what sort of person would be drawn to him? We were all stuck inside eating the same meals, watching the same shows, and from that notion, the trapped obsessive with nothing but time, imagination, and an internet connection on our hands, an idea was born. For more, Follow Frank on Twitter and Instagram, where her handle is at Civita Veritas. Make sure and stay with us afterwards to hear me and Bailey Boyd talk some more about Ode to Loki. But right now, get ready. Ode to Loki by Gabriella Frank. Ode to Loki, or An Absurd Glorification of Existential Loneliness. I want to be his only lover left alive. I love the whole unearthly package, dead set predator eyes, matted black mullet, 10 foot tall golden ibex horns, slender and ridiculous. His helmet, his chiseled jaw, his skin tight leather jumpsuit with a tab collar, dyed envy green. I've always had a soft spot for bad boys who make me cry. I love Loki's baritone, his vocal fry, his yowling growl, a walking bruise enraged. Ingrate, 
He had of me all he could have. Oh, Loki, I want you just and right, sufficient to have stood, though free to fall, and let's face it, I love just how low you go, my clay-footed angel, fallen prince of Asgard. It wasn't until Loki's death in Infinity War that I came to love him. It happened when he became complicated, when he sacrificed himself for a brother he claimed to despise. His shape-shifting made sense then, deceit being easier than vulnerability. But my crush felt hopelessly unbalanced. I could love a god, but why would a god love me? When the nosy journalist probes, always the fame's breakup. Loki's eyes brim, his gaze flits, his hands raise and surrender. He stutter laughs, it's not for me to say, I couldn't possibly. His pain makes me want to prove not all American birds are flighty, heartless swifts. To save him, I imbue myself with superpowers. I swoop in, smash the recorder, pound the table, snarl at the reporter, get the fuck out. The interview is over. Freedom is life's great lie, Loki sighs when we're alone. I lay my hands on his and finish his line. Once you accept that in your heart, you'll know peace. He smiles cruelly, catches me in his sights. Ah, yes, we understand each other. In my dream, Loki kidnaps me for a long weekend in Somerset. By day, we tramp the peaty heath. Our damp afternoon meanderings yield handfuls of old Roman coins buried at the foot of ancient barrows. Loki fingers the treasure, dubs it lucky, kisses my hands, lends me his cable-knit sweater when I shiver from mist. The fibers hold his scent, salt, milk, nutmeg, steel. At dusk, we huddle by the fire, sip scotch, and lament our shared histories, estranged warmonger fathers, loving mothers who died, childhood homes were banished from. I stroke his slap of silver muzzle and murmur, plumb me to the last vein, Loki, drilled deep. By night, he extracts the love I cannot mine from myself. He probes my refuge bays, taps my hidden shafts for vibranium and pyrite, platinum and lead, precious and worthless. Loki reaps it all. Back at his London flat, we cook Bolognese from scratch, make a mess on his Viking range. He laps daubs of blood-red sauce from my chin with his forked tongue. I wear his sweater with wellies when we walk his dog at dusk on foggy, gaslit streets. He takes my hand and asks me to be his, in secret, of course, because you know the media are monsters. I kiss him and whisper, I want to be your Zelda Fitzgerald. I want to work at your nonprofit. I want to make the world a better place. I want to be your night manager in a hotel of love. He cocks his head, cups my face and says, it's the unspoken truth of humanity that you crave subjugation. I can't disagree. One night in bed, Loki confesses my undying devotion has undone him. He's unmasked and terrified. I congratulate myself. You've cleft a god's heart in twain. 
Stupid girl. I don't see it coming, though I know how the play ends, though he's portrayed the role twice with meticulous commitment. Betrayal. During the pandemic, Loki moves in with his actress girlfriend. She can't appreciate his Aquarian oddities, the depths of his charcoal heart that dares not be broken again. Typical Leo, she's in it for looks, for pride, for the full page spread. She loves to be seen on the arm of a ginger thirst trap in slim cut brown suits. She doesn't worship his treacherous mind, his flawed plots that never quite come off. I love Loki as he is, chained and seething. I revel in knowing his deepest secret. The harder it is for a man to be good, the more his goodness means. I know a good person can make all the wrong decisions. I've done it many times. I tell Loki he's dead without me. I send assassins, rat him out to the TVA. My wrath launches his TV series. He should be thanking me. Instead, he purrs, the cycle of retaliation is a fool's errand during a darkened theater interview with MTV. He talks into the camera, his eyes flashing like daggers. I imagine he's speaking to me. In bed, I text, we both know how it feels to lay naked on the slab, waiting for a god to come save you. He doesn't answer. Without Loki, my planet grows cold. I feel every inch of alone. Every day is Wednesday, every dinner chicken, the same four walls and self-recriminations. Meetings end for all and the echoey boxes fall black. It seems I've lost my hustle, my errands, my tasks and distractions, the safety net of busy without which I must face how lonely I am, how I too am burdened with glorious purpose. Maybe I'm not in love with Loki, but his sizzling body of suffering. It's not the first time I've confused the urge to fuck someone with a desire for his power. I said I didn't want the throne. I only wanted to be his equal. But Loki's promotional photos don't slake my lust anymore. They fill my mouth with sand, my mislaid obsession, a consuming desert, a bitter yearning for the marveled home I've never had, a fantasy kingdom I thought I'd long ago given up imagining. Poor trickster god, foiled again. When Loki turned his back, I stole his tesseract, knowing his shadowy homeland was ripe for subversion. In recasting the past, I've declared exile my birthright and crowned myself its infinite frosty queen. Hello, Oddcast listeners, and by extension, denizens of the internet. We're back with the Miller Oddcast. I'm joined, as usual, by Bailey Boyd, contest editor for the Missouri Review. I'm Mark McKee, I believe, still. And when you've just listened to is Ode to Loki, or An Absurd Glorification of Existential Loneliness by Gabriella Frank. This, this feels like a dangerous piece to me on some level. Yeah, I get that. I mean, it's, it's also... It's fun. It's funny. And it is deeply dangerous as it kind of documents as a psychosexual drama 
uh, Frank is using here, of course, uh, the the originally, um, you know, the Norse mythology, uh, the, the the trickster god of Norse mythology, Loki, but especially its popularized version in the comic book adaptations in the Marvel universe. But you don't need to have any of that information, really. Um, I don't think. I don't think so. That's what we were talking about uh, earlier. If that if that was necessary, and I, I agree, I don't think I don't think it is necessary. Though I think, as you were saying earlier, it could um, it could perhaps sharpen um, some some humor, um, some of the lines that that uh, Loki fans would recognize immediately. Yeah, I think what I was saying before, and and what I'll reiterate now is that. I think that most of us tend to mythologize. I think it's natural to mythologize our relationships to other people, uh, especially romantic ones, uh, especially family ones, and especially ones where we detect uh, an, an imbalance of power, uh, whether that means that we're the one trying to wield power or we're the ones that crave it or believe that we crave some some equitable dis distribution of powers. I think most of us also do uh, in our, you know, when we're our best selves, I think that that's what we want, not just for us, but for everyone. Uh, but, you know, Loki's thesis, you know, that, that humanity craves subjugation and that um, freedom is a myth uh, is something that would be familiar to anybody, regardless of whether or not they know the Marvel narratives. Here to me, again, like just, just, to kind of repeat what you said, what it adds for me as somebody who has watched, you know, the, the Marvel movies and uh, the television show is, is it really underscores um, Frank's kind of deft and, 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 and just wonderfully clever uh, overlays of those narrative elements to, to document something that, uh, that we can all recognize as as a recognition of just how complicated we are when power is involved and, and when it is intermingled with something like romantic love or uh, some kind of sexual yearning. Yeah, you've used the word clever. Um, and I, I think that's a perfect word. Um, I think that describes exactly how, exactly one of the things that I admire about this piece too, just some of the, those lines, just, <clears throat> whew. They're, they're pure artistry um, and also cleverness. And, and I think you also mentioned fun too. And it definitely feels, feels like all of those are coming into play, into play here. And, be, and because they're so well done, the, 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 the humor and the fun can also come through as well. Um, so mm -hmm. I think it's a real testament to, to the talent and to the craft that's also going on here. What I appreciate about that as well is that for all the cleverness and for, and for all the, the artistry that's, and the, the fun that, uh, that Frank is clearly having uh, with, this, with this kind of poet, this poetic narrative, it doesn't sacrifice at all the, the kind of the, the depth and the introspection um, when it comes to trying to determine what drives us and what, what, what drives somebody to be in or in, in, in a relationship with or involved with or, or yearning for 
something that's so clearly uh, bad romance on some level. Oh, yeah. <laughs> there's also a, something about, there's a degree of control that is achieved, I think, through naming all of these, you know, all of these perhaps we might call them like human foibles, these, these kinds of very complex romantic and psychosexual kind of um, elements to that, that make up who we are, that make us much more complicated than we can ever really truly account for. And there's also the move that she makes at the end where she's been, you know, in the, in the, in the wake, in the long wake of being betrayed by Loki um, because he has recognized his own vulnerability to her. And it's just something about that is really great about unlocking what's maybe oftentimes at the heart of power and, and the struggle to maintain power over or dominion over anybody, which is a, a, a deeply held fear that you might be subject to power and subject to being, uh, to, you know, vulnerable. And so he flees, but by the end, she's, she's kind of, she's done an end around and, and gone to kind of like, to rule like his home, <laughs> like where he was, like the place where he comes from. There's that, it's a kind of, I don't know if I call it a coda, but it just feels like the, the ending that like power the only ending that power is able to achieve is its own kind of like diminishment as another power rises to kind of, to, to really claim, to claim the field. Yeah. I, I, I just, I'm kind of, kind of going off of um, what you've said there because I also wanted to audibly appreciate the, the journey that, or the story that I get in this poem as well. Um, which, um, not all poems, you know, need to do that. Um, and so highlighting that here, I think is, is also, was, was exciting for me as a different kind of style of, of poems than, um, than even some that we've, we've already featured on the podcast. And um, I really enjoyed getting to, getting to see the arc of all of that that you mentioned. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think the, from the first time that I listened to it, I thought, oh, this is just a tremendous achievement. Like, right. be able to, I mean, and it's not just the kind of interweaving of uh, pop cultural elements and, and narrative things that kind of, that can, um, that can drive otherwise, you know, meaningful, but, but, but also um, personal ideas about you know, power and subjugation and desire, but there, there's, you know, elements that are kind of like very real world and very current, like come in too. I mean, it's during the pandemic that Loki moves in with his actor, his actor right. girlfriend. Right. Um, and then she takes, and she takes credit for kind of like his, him getting a TV show, <laughs> um, <laughs> which I just, which is just endlessly delightful. And I, and I just thought, oh, to be able to kind of like manage Right. All of all of the the various materials and bring them together in such a satisfying way, and a lot of that comes through, I think, in the audio, in terms of how the speaker speaks. Right. In, in mm -hmm. Frank's ode, it's it's supremely it's supremely self aware, 
in a way that leads to a kind of confidence that's really enviable. Yeah, there's just so, so very much um, in the word manage seems very, very appropriate being able to manage all of all of those at once. Um, and yeah, and in the reading of it, being able, this again is one of those poems that I'm so glad I got to hear um, for exactly what you mentioned. Um, so that that confidence in the the speaker that comes through in the audio, that's when it has made it such an exciting, an exciting piece to include on on this podcast because we get to we get to experience that and we get to kind of sit and listen and hear all of that come through in that voice. And uh, it made for such a great listening experience for me. And because of the nature of the oddcast <laughs> and podcasts in general is that you can go back and listen to them again uh, and pick up on even more and or just enjoy things that you've already picked up on. I feel like this piece really lends itself to there's so many lines that are just kind of perfect and that are that just feel like delicious jabs that <laughs> I think that they they'll reward future listens. I agree. I agree. Go back and, and take a listen and continue continue to admire the lines that you already have and continue to pick out new ones um, to also appreciate in this piece because there are so many to choose from. Yes, thrill, thrill, and thrill again to this ode to Loki from Gabriella Frank. And I think this, this is where we um, this is where we wave. This is where we wave at the end of the oddcast. And we're both say, waving. We are both waving and say thank you again for listening. And we hope you'll listen to us next time. Bye, y'all. Thanks for being here with us for Miller Oddcast 35 featuring Gabriella Frank's Ode to Loki, or An Absurd Glorification of Existential Loneliness. Oddcast 36 is on its way soon, so make sure your ears are on their toes. Thanks as always to the Missouri Review Contest Editor, Bailey Boyd, and to Patricia Miller for her generous support for the Miller Audio Prize. Just as a reminder, TMR is open for submissions year-round, and we remain dedicated to discovering and publishing the best contemporary writing in fiction, nonfiction, and poetry. Be heard. Give us the opportunity to discover you. Subscribe or submit your work today. In addition, we have tons of exhilarating and free creative content to read, listen to, and even watch on our website. Learn more at MissouriReview.com. Thanks for listening.